On um, New Year's night, what was going from 2018 to 2019, uh, Pastor Frank James prayed a prayer. I don't know if you all remember that. And he prayed for our pastor. And the scripture that he used was Isaiah, the 65th chapter. Let's go to Isaiah 65 and verse 8. Isaiah, and it says, Thus said the Lord, as a new wine is found in a cluster, and one says, Destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servants' sake that I may not destroy them all. Okay? For the subject I want to use today, making a smooth transition. Making a smooth transition. I don't know if, you, if a lot of y'all know it or not, but we're in a transition right now. We're in transition stage. And we want to make that stage smooth as possible. All right. So I think the first thing I need to deal with is this, this wine. We did a study on wine. And a lot of times, wine in the Bible is used synonymously with great juice. Amen. So we did a study. And sometimes you can't tell when, they're, when it's fermented or unfermented in the Bible. But here, we have a clear a cut um, instance of it not being fermented because it's still in the grape. The cluster is the grape. Now, I haven't heard of the winemakers being able to take the wine out of the grape, let it ferment, and put it back. I don't think they thought of that, um, or they tried it, or it hadn't had worked. But, um, so we, we see right now, thus said the Lord, as a new wine is found in the cluster, and that's great. And one said, destroy it not. Okay. So for what as we know, this is great juice. All right. Now let's deal with tradition, a transition. Transition is passing from one condition, activity, place to another. The period of this. And so if you're in a condition and you're passing from that condition to another condition, in a period of that time it takes you to pass from that is called a transition period. Um, it's shifting from one key to another. In music, transition is when you go from one key to another. That's the transition in music. We go through a lot of transitions in our lives. Um, a lot of us are home for 18 years, and all of a sudden, we want to go to college, or to armed services, or to get married. Now that's a transition. All three of those transitions. If you, if you go to the armed services, that's a transition from being at home. If you go to college, that is a transition from being at home. If you get married, that partner that you're with now is a transition from being with mom and dad. That's a, that's a transition period. Then there's another transition. Babies start to come. And that's another transition. Uh, that you have those babies 
and you have for a certain amount of time. Then you buy a house. That's another transition. Now, those babies grow up and the last one is gone. And that's another transition period for you because all the kids, they call it empty nets. All the kids are gone. I call it, <laughs> I call it grown and gone. <laughs> so they're grown and gone. And that's, a, that's another transition period in your life. Then you work a job for so many years and you retire. And that's another transition period. For some people, like some young people, they haven't retired yet. You know what you have to do is plan for transition. You think about the next transition in your life and you make plans for it. For example, when you're really young, you should plan for retirement. Because Pastor Cornelius talked about those golden years or yearning years. So, a word to all young people, if you're working, plan for retirement. You might get old, and um, when you get old, you want to have something for retirement. So we see that that transition is change. Some people don't like change. Um, you watch TV, and you see that um, they're going to change the name of the baseball park. And they're going to change the name of the, um, the airport. And they interview some people, and people say, we don't, we don't like that change. They said, we, when, they, when they change the name, we're still going to call it by the old name. Because they're resisting the change that's coming for them. When we were on vacation, we had two guys, and he was talking about how healthy he was and what it takes to be healthy. And when he got, in the back, when he got back in the driver's seat in the bus, a man said, if I can't eat my T-bone steaks and drink my beer, he didn't want to be healthy. Because he wanted to eat his T-bone steaks and he wanted to drink his beer. Um, another example of changing or changing. Anytime somebody want to build something in a community, the people rush down to city hall. It could be a store, it could be an apartment building, it could be a factory. The people rush down and say, "We don't want it. Not in our neighborhood. We don't. We don't want that. They don't want to change. They list three reasons." They said, more noise, more traffic, and it's an eyesore. But people just don't want to change. When I was on vacation, one night we were eating, and I ordered some alligator. <laughs> and, and I ordered alligator, it was appetizing, it was good. And, it started some conversations in some circles. And what I would wind up saying is that I am eating the alligator 
and the alligator is not eating me. <laughs> you see, if I stand with my back turned to an alligator, and, and they say the alligator got about 80 teeth, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, and he bite me, he can do a lot of damage. That alligator could do a lot of damage. And the reason I, 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 I turn to my back. In Galatians, the, the fifth chapter, the sixth chapter, the fifth chapter and the fifteenth verse, it says, and we're talking about making smooth transitions. If ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed of one another. The principle there is if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. What goes around comes around. The Bible said, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So it's saying, if you speak negatively about somebody, believe me, they're gonna come back, it's gonna come back to you. Um, there was a the psalmist was praying one day, not necessarily he was praying. And his prayer was, who's going to heaven? You know, when we pray that prayer, we think about ourselves. Lord, am I going to heaven? And he made a statement. He said, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? This is Psalms 15. Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He was just praying, God, who's going to heaven? Am I going to be one of those that dwell in thy uh, tabernacle? I'm going to dwell in that holy hill. Then I feel the revelation came. In that third verse of that 15 number of Psalms, the revelation came. He said, and the revelation was, he that backbiteth not with his tongue. Yeah. Now, your tongue don't have any teeth, but it can do a lot of damage. You see, um, here in the Isaiah 65, it says, as new wine is found in a cluster, and one said, destroy not, for a blessing is in it. You know, you can do destroy a grape without touching it. Yeah, you can kill a grape without even touching a grape. Have you ever heard that scripture? The small foxes destroy the vine. If you destroy the vine, you're going to destroy the grain. Now let's think, let's think about this whole moment. If foxes spoil 300 grapes, they say 300 grapes, and there was a thousand grapes, then there's 700 left. Okay? Now, the sap and the nutrients were going to that thousand grapes are now going to the 700. The foxes don't know it, but they created some super grapes. <laughs> and, and I think that's what happens within the church. You see, people might hurt the church, but you can't stop the church. 
because Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So backbiting is saying something that's hurtful when a person's not around. We used to have songs before and talk about backstabbing. When I got to church, they said backbiting. So, um, so if you say something negative, a lot of times people say something negative about what they don't like what they don't understand, mm -hmm. and because they don't want to change. We've done this for 40 years. <laughs> now, change is, is not easy, but you got to make up your mind. So some may say, and I heard in Sunday school, God never changes. God don't change. His holiness is the same. But you know what? God makes changes. The Bible says he changes the times and the seasons. That reminds me of, I met a man from Florida. And he never been to Wisconsin for Wisconsin winter. So he walked out the hotel and it was so cold, he ran right back in the hotel. He said, he put on everything he had packed <laughs> before he came out. God makes changes. He changes the times and the seasons. Now, we from Wisconsin, we know the changes that are about to take place. And when that time comes, we grab our hats and our gloves and our scarves and coats and everything else. Get the heaviest coat we can find. Because we had a rough winter this past winter. Also it says God puts up kings and he removes kings. He removes kings and he puts up kings. Um, and so God makes Changes. He doesn't change himself, the essence of God, but God makes changes. Let's go a little further in, in here in this um, 65th chapter of um, Isaiah. And the 13th verse says, Therefore said the Lord God, Behold, my servants shall eat, but ye shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink. And you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, but ye shall be ashamed. The 14th verse. Behold, my servant shall sing for joy of heart, but ye shall cry for sorrow of heart, and shall howl for vexation of spirit. Now, the first part of the 13th verse says, Therefore, thus said the Lord God, Behold, my servant shall eat, and ye shall be hungry. Now, we're not talking about natural food. God said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out the mouth of God. Yes, sir. So what is it saying here, choice? Sometimes the servant might make a change, mm -hmm. 
and you don't like it. And you're going to go around not liking the change, and the serpent going to go on with the word of God. It says, um, my servant shall drink, and you shall be thirsty. And it said, and the Bible says, no, in Matthew 5, it blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Something you don't understand, you're focusing on what you don't understand, and the servant is receiving righteousness. And in St. John 4.21, we remember the story of the woman at the well. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither worship in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit. Yes, sir. And they that worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. Now let's look at it again. I want you to see this. Jesus said unto her, One believe me, the hour coming when ye shall neither worship in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. But the hour coming, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So Jesus was saying, it don't matter if they worship in Jerusalem. It don't matter if they worship in the mountains. What really matters is that they worship God in spirit and in truth. Yes, sir. You got that? Now, it don't matter to walk if the worshipers worship in the choir stand or they worship on the floor. What it matters is what's on the inside. That they have clean hands and a pure heart when they worship. And so some people could be thinking about where they're worshiping and miss out on worship. All together. It don't matter. It really doesn't matter. And when you are um, wondering so much and so obstinate about that, you don't make the smack, you don't make the transition smooth. You make it rough. What happens is you start talking to others about the situation, and you start talking neg negatively about others. And we talked about that backbiting. But you should be talking to the servant. You see, the servant's job is to write the vision. Yes, sir. Make sure. And it's the congregation's job to carry the vision. Carry yes, sir. And yes. so we need to get on board, get on board. with what's going on in the, um, yes. in the church. You. you see, the church is a place where we come to worship. Amen. We don't want to ruin the worship of the, of the Lord. And Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. 
So you might be living in life for a number of years. You might have been miserable for a number of years. You might have been wanting for a number of years. You might not be satisfied for a number of years. But now you can exchange. What, what a deal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I change my old life and I give God my sorrow and, and my pain and He gives me the joy of the Lord. Yes. That, that's, that's some exchange. Yes. So let's stand for time.